There are a host of existential crises knocking at humanity's door, from climate change and nuclear war to biological threats and energy needs. These threats of the future require thoughtful and urgent action across the world's best minds in biology, technology, physics, national defense, political policy, and beyond. Sitting at the intersection of all these disciplines is a one-square-mile facility nestled in the heart of the San Francisco Bay Area, the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. What does it mean to operate in an environment that involves space, cyber, conventional munitions, nuclear weapons, social media campaigns, and everything else you can imagine? How do you bring all those assets together to create advantage without simply making your military bigger or your number of weapons larger and work to increase stability in the world? Kim Budell is the director of the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, or LLNL. This federal research facility and national security laboratory has over 8,000 employees and an annual budget of $2.5 billion, with a B. We were founded in 1952. We were founded as a nuclear weapons laboratory, specifically to be a counterpoint to Los Alamos. So I like to tell people we were founded to be the counterculture. For anyone who might need a refresher on their history, Los Alamos was home to the Manhattan Project in World War II and the creation place of the atomic bomb. It took brilliant minds to bring nuclear weapons into existence. And it's going to take equally brilliant minds to build, safeguard, and manage that arsenal. That's where Lawrence Livermore National Lab came in. Today, LLNL continues to secure and protect the U.S.'s nuclear stockpile. But since the laboratory's founding 70 years ago, it has taken on many more mission-critical assignments. We're talking fusion energy, decarbonization of the environment, carbon recycling, additive manufacturing, detection of emerging diseases and their treatments, adapting green energy technologies, and a heck of a lot more. It's a marvel of cross-discipline thinking, and at the helm of all these missions is Kim. And you prefer Kim, not Kimberly. Yes, Kim is great. Okay, cool. And not doctor. No, I'm always fearful that if I emphasize the doctor too much, someone will have a heart attack and expect me to know what to do. And I'm not that kind of doctor. Okay, got it. Okay. But while Kim may not be able to save you from a heart attack, the work she and her team are doing at LLNL is saving lives every day. When you are facing problems like climate change and nuclear war, it goes without saying that there's a lot on the line. Pushing past that pressure to find solutions requires innovative thinking unlike anything you'll find in another organization. So how does LLNL cultivate the thinking of the future. And with so many missions requiring multi-pronged solutions, how do they attract, nurture, and keep the world's smartest people across every discipline? Find out on Business X Factors. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. Welcome to Business X Factors. Each week, we'll take a deep dive and look at the secret sauce that takes companies to the highest levels of success and then unpack how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run and then what's so special about the people, the processes, and the culture that makes it all happen. Question for you. 
What do you think is the best use of technology? Our friends at Highland believe technology is about transforming the way we all work so we can be more informed, empowered, and connected through every interaction and in every relationship with everyone we serve. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. Kim's journey from a kid in a working class family to director of a world-class scientific laboratory started at home. Her parents knew the value of education and made sure Kim had the chance to be whatever she wanted to be. Neither of my parents went to college. My dad was an electrician and my mom was a homemaker. She actually went, got her GED in her 40s. So she was a huge role model for me and was very well read and very intellectual, but never had the opportunity for formal education. So the first thing was education is a gift and it opens doors, gives you opportunities. Kim's parents never cared what career path she chose. Instead, they taught her to seek out education, embrace curiosity, and find something she was passionate about. From the time I was very small, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I really wanted to be a lawyer. I was thinking I would major in political science. I wanted to work in the government. And I had an opportunity to talk to some lawyers. And they said, you really have good strengths in math and science based on your background so far. And if you do a technical degree, it'll open up other fields of law to you. And I had taken physics in high school. I really enjoyed it, mostly because it allowed you to start from very first principles and build up as opposed to having to memorize many things, which I'm not very good at. And so I declared as a physics major. And within a year or two, I realized this was the most interesting, challenging thing I'd ever undertaken. And, and I was done. That was it. I stayed with physics. I went to graduate school and became an experimental physicist. Kim never looked back. She took that love for physics and found a place where that passion could be nurtured. I got an opportunity to come to graduate school at University of California, Davis, through a department that had a joint program here with Lawrence Livermore National Lab. And so I was actually a student employee of the laboratory doing my dissertation research on site. And this place is amazing. And if you're an experimental physicist, it's hard to explain how amazing the facilities here are relative to what you find at a typical university. So I was doing my thing, working on experiments and learning and meeting people and getting to know the laboratory. Kim dove into the scientific community and quickly found that her curiosity was met with the chance to explore different types of technologies. This exploration really allowed her to form a unique identity within the scientific community. Your field of specialization is lasers, right? Yes. Okay, so where does that come from? And like, how did you build skills in becoming an expert in lasers? Because that's amazing, Kim. Yes, I agree. Lasers are cool. <laughs> and that was the original attraction. As I said, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm what I call a blue collar physicist. I work with my hands. So I do experimental science. I was really interested in laser technology and what you can do with it. And so what happened uh, transitioning from my undergraduate research, which was actually in building lasers, new types of lasers, to my graduate work, is I started learning how to use them as tools to create really interesting kinds of matter, really interesting conditions. So from an experimentalist point of view, it's, again, 
there's a theme. It was really complicated. It's very challenging. And it gave me a place where I could really test my skills and my ideas. Increasingly impressed by the opportunities and challenges at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, Kim decided to take a postdoc program in nuclear weapons at the lab. It was during this program that she realized LLNL was the place for her and her career. This national security science focus for me really brought together my early love of an interest in government and policy with this technical background. And so as time went on, I slowly was drawn. It became clear to me that at heart, this notion of public service, national service was very important to me, really resonated for me. And national security was something I had real passion around and could make significant contributions to. Kim soon found a place for her niche skills and identity. She progressively took on more leadership roles in different departments. And 27 years after joining that postdoc program, Kim was named director of the lab. Like, What do you tell people if you're in an elevator and someone asks you what you do? You just say, my name's Kim and I saved the world. Like, what do you actually tell people? So we bring science and technology to bear to address the most pressing national security challenges the U.S. and the globe face today. Wow. Yeah. Basically, you save the world. But saving the world is far from a one-woman job. It takes a team. And in the case of Lawrence Livermore National Lab, a team of 8,000 and partnerships to drive the changes they are creating in our world. After the break, I explore the team building process at LLNL and uncover where the true source of innovation lies for the lab. Plus, Kim shares details on what cool projects they are pursuing and gives us a glimpse into the inner thought processes of the organization. You don't just want to take unbounded risks. You want to take prudent risks. You want to sort of understand the bounds of the risks you're taking. But if you're always doing things where you really understand exactly what the outcome will be, you're not asking very interesting questions. Stay tuned. If you run a business, you have information. Loads and loads of information across different channels, systems, and silos. How can you connect the dots to make sure the right information gets to the right people who need it? Highland helps more than half of the Fortune 100 companies do just that by providing them with the tools they need to digitally transform and create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D dot com slash insights. Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory is a cutting edge research facility and innovative lab. It brings together scientists across countless different backgrounds to create a community that works together to solve the world's biggest problems. We have a core set of responsibilities in national security. So we have our nuclear deterrence missions, but we also support a broad range of missions, non-proliferation, counter-proliferation, counter-terrorism across the full spectrum, nuclear chem, bio. We work in other missions of the Department of Defense. We support 
energy and climate security for the United States, we really span the waterfront. And in our scientific disciplines, our missions shape the kind of science we're good at. We're really good at computing, high-performance computing, AI, machine learning, data science, quantum, all the things that go along with that, cyber. We're really good at high-energy density science because it's directly tied to that core mission. Materials, manufacturing, nuclear physics. And so our priority is to always be at the forefront to make sure that we have the best people, the best ideas, the best tools and technology to support our missions. The lab has been operational for 70 years, but it remains on the cutting edge of some of the most exciting technology in the scientific world. Take climate change as just one example. We have a very strong effort right now on developing very high resolution, high fidelity models of the global climate. So we're using that to help for example, communities plan because we can look in detail at their local area and help them understand what the changes are likely to look like. We're developing new technologies to help decarbonize the environment. And that's everything from how to use plants, deep-rooted plants to sequester more carbon in the soil, to how do we convert carbon dioxide into other useful chemicals, essentially recycle it so that we don't spend so much time releasing it into the atmosphere to how can we capture it from the atmosphere and sequester it deep underground. LLNL's missions don't start and end with these big theoretical issues either. It is also solving the closer to home problems all of us know too well. During the pandemic, when half our workforce was working from home, we had a group of engineers that got together virtually and created a new ventilator technology when the country was grappling with ventilator shortages, they came up with a new way to build ventilators that used a different supply chain that was inexpensive to build and could be deployed very rapidly. They worked to get emergency use authorization for this technology, and we've licensed it to a company to commercialize. So it's that instinct, right? There's a problem. How can I help? So how does LLNL cultivate this instinct? What allows the teams to solve such vast and differing problems with accuracy and efficiency. Kim says it's their unique approach to collaboration. What do you think it is that keeps this spirit of invention alive there? So I think it's a combination of two things. One is boundless technical ambition. We like to say that Livermore making the impossible possible for 70 years. And the second part is team ethos. The way you do big things is not with one scientist in one discipline sitting by themselves in their lab. It's with physicists, chemists, engineers, computer scientists, environmental scientists, intelligence analysts, social scientists, policy people, all working together to really bring solutions to bear for these big problems. And so that, that is the magic. We spend our time bringing all these disparate perspectives together into teams that can find solutions to problems that others have found too vexing to tackle. How do you really cultivate the atmosphere of innovation and invention and an organization that's large? You're talking about 8,000 people. It's a tricky business because we do have, like all big organizations, we have day-to-day responsibilities too. We try to find vehicles to allow people to stretch. We have to deliver on our commitments, but we have, for example, internal resources we can use to fund research and development. So we have a portion of our budget that the government allows us to use to seed riskier ideas, more fundamental science that is building the foundations for the future. So that's an area where we really actively encourage risk-taking and innovation. 
we try to create environments where we can bring people together to talk about the problems of the day, you know, really think and brainstorm and engage with each other. I think that's a key to what we do. And our folks are really interested in making an impact. So we have cultivated over time a group of people that I would characterize as serial entrepreneurs. They have incredible technical skills, but they have a real instinct for how what they know how to do matches to new problems as they emerge. And so they go out and they seek, you know, collaborations with people. I heard about this interesting problem. I think I have part of it. Do you think you could bring part of it? You know, maybe together we could do something. It's this focus on collaborative innovation that has unlocked LLNL's success year over year and with every new problem that arises. And that collaborative mindset doesn't exist exclusively within a one square mile facility. Kim recognizes that it takes the best minds around the world to solve these large scale problems. This is an era of extreme partnership. Our institution is amazing and we have a lot of capability, but on any day there are always more smart people outside the fence than inside. And so if we're really gonna continue to try to tackle the most difficult problems, working with other institutions, academic institutions, private sector, other government entities, communities, other national labs, and international partners is really important to be to pushing that forward. For me, that means being really clear-eyed about what our role is. I want to be a convener. I want to be a trusted partner. I want to actually solve the problem. I don't need to be in charge. Maybe there's a foundation partner or a private sector partner that really needs to be driving the train. Uh, when you talk about changing the energy landscape in the United States, that's not a government function. Energy is owned by the private sector. So that means we need partnerships with companies that do things in the energy sector to help drive the change that we're trying to see. If we want to bring new technologies to bear to decarbonize the environment, we need to work with communities. People need to trust these technologies. They need to understand them. They need to embrace them. They need to understand the benefit to their community, their life, their family, their environment. And for me, it's really about bringing people together, being clear-eyed about our role, and then helping the whole group move out with that sense of shared purpose. And therein lies the magic. The fact that all these different kinds of people are working in tandem to solve the problems that face humanity. Leading this team of extraordinary people is no small task. And Kim is well aware that her perspective has helped her as she's been at the helm. What I learned about myself as I got rolling in my career is that I'm a good scientist. I'm a capable contributor. I'm a great team member. I'm really good at putting ideas and people and projects and programs together, enabling people to achieve things beyond what they might do on their own, finding unique ways to bring ideas and people together. And I really enjoy lots of different kinds of science. I've worked in many different fields and I really enjoy learning new things and digging in, meddling in other people's business. Maybe that's it. The, the mark of a great leader is that you're really curious. You're interested in what people are doing Kim's curiosity has been insatiable since she was a little girl. And once having been a young woman pursuing a career in STEM, she makes sure to take an active role in the careers of those around her, especially those who have been historically overlooked in the scientific community. I try to be not just a mentor, but an advocate and a sponsor for women in our organization. 
making sure that they get the opportunities that may come easier to some of their male colleagues, not because anyone is trying actively necessarily to hold them back, but if you're in an environment that's predominantly male, it's certainly easier to give those opportunities to the members of the majority. And so uh, for me, it really is an active process of getting to know the women in my environment, building a network with them, supporting them in whatever way they need, and then sponsoring them when I can. Whatever she's doing, it's definitely working. Livermore Lab not only has a reputation for being a place that brings everyone together to solve literally some of the world's biggest problems, but is also known as a great place to work. In fact, 92% of reviewers on Glassdoor would recommend Lawrence Livermore National Lab to a friend. And Kim herself, as a CEO, has a 97% approval rating. The people who love it here love the fact that we do this amazing cutting-edge science and technology. We have all these great facilities and all these wonderful tools. And it's part of something that really matters. They're part of something bigger. Their work contributes to U.S. national security and U.S. economic competitiveness every day. And that's a big deal. And that sense of mission purpose is really gratifying. And they get to work with some of the smartest people in the universe. And I think that really keeps people coming. But the work is never done. Creating a collaborative environment, nurturing a happy, successful workforce, and tackling the world's largest problems are all ongoing processes. What do you regard as the next frontier for Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory? That's a good question. It's complicated because I have launched in... 10,000 directions. I like to say I'm the agent of chaos here. So from a programmatic standpoint, it really is the set of challenges I highlighted for you before, all of which require a very different level of lab commitment, whole of lab commitment, and partnership than some of the things we've done in the past. And I think that's a big challenge for us. People want to do it, but it presents unique challenges that will take some time for us to get our head around. And keeping us focused on the really big problems beyond today's state-of-the-art on the horizon takes discipline. Because as I said, we have, we're in an incredibly lucky position right now in that we have a lot of work at the laboratory. We've grown very significantly in the last five years. And so balancing that set of commitments and deliverables that are due now against this big opportunity for the future is really interesting. But maybe more challenging... We're really undertaking an effort to create the 21st century national security lab. So we've been through this nearly two years now of the pandemic. We've learned a lot about what is possible for us. You know, we were not a very telecommuting friendly environment before the pandemic. And in California, giving people flexibility, allowing them to spend some of their time working from home or flex their schedules, given commutes in the Bay Area, can be life-changing. We're really trying to engender employee commitment to building a career with us, not coming for three to five years, but staying for a whole career. These are the kinds of things that will get people to commit. You know, we have all this interesting work and we're going to have a modern environment that has you know, great benefits and a great physical plant where you'll, you can come to work and the opportunity to telecommute. Sustaining our culture in this hybrid environment is going to be different. I'm not exactly sure how that will work, but I don't know how to find out except to try. 
I don't know how to find out except to try. It's that philosophy, that curiosity, and that commitment to taking the necessary risks to find a solution that have differentiated LLNL since day one. Lawrence Livermore National Labs is pushing the boundaries of reality, or as Kim put it, her team is making the impossible possible. This type of forward-thinking innovation has only been found in a handful of organizations and businesses throughout history, but it's always driven by the same factors. An almost zealot-like passion for curiosity and this fierce commitment to collaboration. LLNL is doing both. Its team is asking the questions no one has ever dared ask before, and they are doing it with the understanding that the best ideas come from working together rather than working apart. Business X Factors is brought to you by our friends at Highland. For over a decade, Highland has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for content services platforms, leading the way to help people get the information they need when and where they need it. More than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies rely on Highland to help them create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. When your focus is on the people you serve, Highland stands behind you. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors created by our team at mission.org and brought to you by Highland. Are you enjoying this show? If so, I would be so grateful if you took the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, as this helps ensure more amazing listeners just like you find this show and also lets me know how I'm doing. If you enjoyed this episode and you wanna dive deeper into the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the resources section of our show notes where we've included helpful links, articles, and books, including any stats or stories referenced in this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and I'll catch you next time on Business X Factor.